0: Yeah, so like you said, you guys have been supporting us for a while, so we appreciate that. Thank you, or at least me, and now now us. But um, So yeah, we're, we work with Chi Alpha. Chi Alpha is the Assemblies of God arm to the university campus. Um, and so we've been at Indiana State University, which is in Terre Haute, Indiana. And now, eventually, we will be transitioning in August to Indiana University, but I'll get to that later. Um, so Chi Alpha is... It stands for Christ's Ambassadors. It comes from 2 Corinthians 5.20, where we are Christ's representatives. We're the ambassadors for Jesus to the world. And it's our job to be those reconcilers. And we go to people and we say, come to Jesus. And that's our responsibility. And so we just take that to the university campus specifically. Um, So we'll show you a picture up there. Um, And that's Tyler. So well, that's a whole picture of Right on a small group from this last school year. So, it's a group of guys that get together on a regular basis and they talk about what's going on in their life and then they preach the gospel to one another. Like, how does the gospel fit into the everyday parts of what you're going through today? Um, and Tyler is on the side, uh, the little short guy with glasses. <laughs> um, we met Tyler in December of just 2017, so not even that long ago. He contacted us through our website, which, you know, that rarely happens, but this time it did. And Tyler just said, hey, I need to know more about following Jesus. And we're like, okay. (laughs) So Radon and another campus pastor met with him, had lunch with him, and just talked about what was going on in his life. And as of December of last year, he had met a girl, like back in the summer. Uh, They started dating, they got engaged, they move in together, all within like six months. And, in. and then after that, everything fell apart. After they had already moved in together, things fell apart and the relationship, they were separated at the time. And so here he was stuck in this lease with a girl, you know, with this re- in this relationship where they didn't really like each other anymore. And he's like, my life is falling apart. Like, I need Jesus. <laughs> and so he comes, that's when Radon met him and our other campus pastor friend. And they're like, well, how does the gospel apply to to your life right now? And so they went through that process this whole spring semester. um, They've been walking through that process with him, and he's just hungry. So Tyler is this guy who's on campus. He's a junior, and he's just hungry for the things of God and how God wants to come in and not just do the outward things, but change his heart and the things that are going on inside. Um, And so they walk through that process, and now Tyler's in this Disciples, special discipleship program over the summer in Montana where he has a job, but he's also going through like intense discipleship for the summer, preparing to lead. And when he comes back to campus in the fall, he's going to be a leader in the ministry. And all of that like pretty much in one semester. Um, and so Jesus is doing good things. And we could tell you stories about all of those guys in that picture, but we don't have that much time. <laughs> if you want to know, we would love to tell you more. <laughs> um, and so... Like I said earlier, we're moving from Indiana State University to IU. Some of the purposes for us switching campuses is one, we're going to gain experience so that we can lead a campus ministry of our own. We've been on a team of people where somebody else is the leader. And so now we get to work with a whole team of people and gain experience that we can then lead a campus ministry of our own after two years. And then while we're there, we're also going to help the ministry grow in diversity. So it's a pretty white group and there's more students than just white people on that campus. And so we're gonna help them grow in diversity. Um, but then the third part is we want to equip minorities to actually be part of the mission workforce. And so we need to equip more people, we need to equip the whole body of Christ. Um, one startling statistic that I forgot to share at Mansburg, um is only a half percent of missionaries are African American. And, like, that's a whole church group that, like, they really know the gospel, but they're not equipped. And so we get to come alongside these, some African-American, but also other American minorities, and say, hey, like, you need to be on the mission field. You need to be pastors. You need to be missionaries. You need to be deacons. You need to be elders. Like, you need to be equipped and lead in the church. We need you. We need the whole body to be equipped. And so that's one of the other purposes of us going to IU is to equip the whole body. Um, but yeah, we just want to say thank you. Raynan's gonna come and gonna share the message, but we just want to say thank you. You guys have been supporting me since 2011. That's a long time, and I really appreciate you guys. So, thank you.
1: All right. uh, good morning, how y'all doing? Cool. Alright, um, so let's pray. And then we are getting the word, and we're going to have fun this morning, okay? We get to talk about a good topic today, grace, so ain't too much hellfire this morning, so it'll be alright. Um, God, um, we do thank you because you care for us, and you love us like nobody else can. Um, and Jesus, I ask that you teach us this morning how much you want to transform us into what you want us to be for you and for this world. Um, and I ask that you just speak to our hearts and change us, our hearts with your word. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're going to be talking about grace. So uh, question we got to ask is, what is grace? All right? And I'm just going to give a little working definition that I got from gotquestions.org. There's a Christian website. It's awesome. Um, So it says, Grace is God giving the greatest treasure to the least deserving, which is every one of us. I'll read it again. Grace is God giving the greatest treasure to the least deserving, which is every one of us. Um, McLaurin's expository breaks grace down even more. It says, Grace is love that has no motive but itself. Grace is self-motive love that is in full energetic exercise. Grace is a self-motive, ever-acting love that delights to impart. Grace is a self-motive, ever-acting, communicating love which bends in tenderness over and floods with gifts those that stand far beneath itself. Grace is a self motive, ever acting, communicating, and stooping love which brings in its hands the gift of forgiveness and deals with those on whom it lavishes this tenderness, not according to their merits, but according to the pulsations of his own heart. And thus grace is the shorthand word for the self motive, ever acting, communicating, stooping, and pardoning mercy, which has its very home enthroned in the heart of God himself. Grace is a present theme throughout the Bible. God's undeserved favor was found when Adam and Eve sinned. He covered them with fig leaves when they turned from God. He showed showed them favor when he promised the coming Messiah. The father uh, showed grace to Noah when he picked his family to stay alive and repopulate the earth. Uh, The father showed grace to Abraham when he established a covenant with him that his offspring would be as numerous as the stars in the heavens. And it was God who established and kept the covenant. The father's grace was shown to the nation of Israel through Jeremiah. Even though they turned from him, the father was going to reestablish Israel as his people. Uh, The father's grace was shown to the prophet Isaiah, even though the kingdom of Israel was far from God. The father promised through the prophet Isaiah to send a savior. And now the fullness of the father's grace appeared in the God man, Jesus Christ. As you can see, God's grace was always in effect toward the people of the Old Testament and the full physical manifestation of of his grace was shown to us through Jesus in the gospel. Which leads us to our text today, Titus chapter two, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, in godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from the from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. So let's 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 tackle. God's grace to us and in us, God's grace saves us, God's grace trains us, and God's grace keeps us. Amen. Let's look at God's grace saves us. Verse 11, the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. When we look at this verse, we see the gospel in full effect. In Christ, we have been made right with God. Instead of, instead of us getting what we deserve, the Father put our punishment on Christ. As it is written in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake, he, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, this is God's grace. We filthy, rotten, disobedient sinners are now the righteousness of God because of Jesus' sacrifice. Our sin is no more in the sight of God because of his action toward us in the relationship he's established through Jesus. Amen. Since we are the righteousness of God, God's grace trains us to live righteous lives. Verse 12, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly pleasures and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. When we look at what Jesus did on the cross, he took our sin from us. This teaches that since, we took, since he took our sin from us, we can no longer live in it. When we look at our Lord on the cross and realize that it was our sin that put him there, we will want to live a life that pleases him by the grace of Jesus. As the verse says, it trains us. God's grace trains us. So when we fail, we can confess our sin to Jesus and ask for forgiveness for our shortcomings. This is not cheap grace where we go on living in sin. But this is grace when we seek to please our Father. And when we fall short, we can know with absolute certainty that he forgives us and washes from our sin. Um, Just a good reminder, we will fall short. It's a given. It's going to happen. But that's okay because we don't live in sin. We live to walk out our life in Jesus, the way he made us, right? So there is grace to live it out, but also to be forgiven when we fail. Because we, as long as we live in this world, like, we gonna mess up, man. Yeah, man. But, and just to remind you, uh, 1 John 1.9, it's something that you probably need to memorize. For some of y'all, I think that the devil, like, pounces on your head how many, how many times you mess up when you fall. And you go into like this deep hole of like, man, I fell short again, you know? But just, you need to memorize this and remember it. If we confess our sins, don't run away from it, own up to it. I messed up, Lord. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Remember, it trains us to live right. It's all Jesus, man. He saves us, then he gives us the power to live for him. Like, yeah, and it's like, it takes—it makes us humble, but it makes us appreciative at the same time. Because it's God doing all the work, not us, all right? Um, in the same way God's grace trains us, it will keep us until Jesus returns. Verse 13, it says, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the, of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus' grace saved us from sin, and Jesus' grace trains us to be free from sin. His grace will keep us until he returns. Amen. God's unmerited grace gives us the power to wait expectantly for the day of Jesus' return. Where there will be no more sin, death, or the devil. Just give me Jesus. Like, that's awesome. Like I said in the first service, the way the world is today is going to be gone when Christ returns. He's going to set every wrong right, every wickedness is going to be gone. It's hard for us to understand it now because we look at the news, we look at the world, it's like, dang, this is brutal. But God is going to set all that stuff right, and that's good news for us who believe in Christ. Yes. Right. That's actually the best news. And you can get excited anytime you want to. So so allow God's grace provided to us to move our hearts to be expected for his return. Don't, like, today, like, we've gotten so caught up in, like, sometimes what the world is offering us. And, like, some of the things, some of the pleasures that it gives, which is not bad. Like, God gives us good gifts in this world, but sometimes we get too attached to them. Amen. And we, we don't think nothing's Amen. better is coming. So it can become bad because that can be, become the idol in our life that we look to to satisfy us sure. instead of God. Amen. Because he's the one who's going to provide a greater greater goodness, a greater satisfaction here and in eternity. So why not start practicing God's grace in our hearts here Amen. and be like, God, come back, Amen. please, you know? And so God's grace develops in you a heart to want to see him come back. Amen. Um, but in the same way Jesus has extended his grace to us, he wants to extend his grace through us to other people. God's grace is never to be kept to ourselves, but shared with the world. You and I are the vehicle in which his grace is to be shown. We are God's side to the world. Here are some ways the Father wants to show his grace through us. Um, Through spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit, who is God, is now living in you, and he wants to manifest all these good things through you. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, tongues, and interpretations of tongues. Like, God wants to speak through you to people around you. And, like, not just little stuff, but, like, specific stuff. Like You have God, the Holy Spirit is in you to share with the world around you. Um, Number two um, is also for the proclaiming of the gospel. God gives us the grace to proclaim the gospel through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, Acts 1-8 says, we are assemblies of God, so we will going to talk about it. Amen. Acts 1-8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Um, just to let you know, that is a, a gift of grace, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, and maybe some of you have not received it, but God wants to give it to you, like Amen. even today, like Amen. like we talking about grace. I think I, I feel like that. I don't know if it's from Jesus, but it might be the pizza talking. But I think it is Jesus. <laughs> like some of y'all have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and God wants to give it to you today. Amen. And we're gonna pray for you to get it today. Okay. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um, and then number three, um, giving of our the giving of our resources. Second Corinthians 8 uh, 1 through 3 says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Yes. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Amen. For they gave according to their means, as I could testify and beyond their means of their own accord. Um, just like the church in Macedonia, they use their money and their resources to reach the people around them and show God's grace and our merit and favor towards them. Yeah. We can show God's grace by caring for others' needs. There are people around you, there may be kids in your neighborhood who need popsicles. <laughs> yeah. Or your next door neighbor who is a single mother or a single father who needs diapers for their children or an elderly person who needs food, you can go to the grocery store for them. Um, these are acts of grace um, to show who God is. Um, we can help further the gospel of Jesus by giving to missions and local projects. Yep. Amen. Uh, Amen. Thank y'all. Yeah. Like, God is giving y'all grace to give to us to be able to reach college students. God. That's grace. Amen. Like, y'all showing us grace, and that grace is flowing Like, we're just a vehicle. I don't know how it works, but the money you give us, and you sent us, is like it's flowing through us to these students on campus, and we're able to reach people like Tyler. Now, his life has changed for eternity, so thank you for being obedient to the grace that God gave you. Um, And then uh, lastly, like, you have talents. Like, that's by the grace of God. Some of y'all can sing, some of y'all can lead, Some of y'all, God is calling in the kids' ministry and you haven't responded to it. Like, you need to show that grace because he's giving it to you. And so, um, and it's to fulfill the needs in our community. Uh, I'm sorry, I got off topic, but yeah. Um, (laughs) um, As we can see, God's grace is is awesome toward us and through us. But let us take heed with this, though. We must never take God's grace lightly. We are to cherish it and be thankful for it and allow it to change us into holy children of God. Yes. Set apart children of God. Amen. Um, write this down. If I, I forgot to use this and put it in our PowerPoint, but James chapter 4, verses 5 and 7 is, is something to look at. Uh, but I do want to um, end on this and then we'll move on, okay? Second Corinthians chapter six, verse one. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. I'll read it again. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Paul is warning us, as we have received God's grace, We must not turn back to our old way of living, but to submit and surrender to the supernatural power of grace to live in the new life Jesus died to give us. Yes. Free from the power of sin. Amen. And so we're going to move on to some, what does this look like for our own lives? And so it's just some questions to think about, ponder, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you with. Um, And that is number one, Have you received God's grace to save you? Some of us can live, can go to church all our lives and really haven't turned to Jesus and turned from our sin and allowed Jesus to save us and to believe in what he did for us so that we can begin this relationship with him now and in eternity. Some of us will go to hell Mm -hmm. because we haven't repented and believed in the gospel. And you can do that today. It's good news, man. Number two, oh, man. what area of your life do you need God's grace to give you power to overcome sin? I use myself. I used to be way bigger than this. <laughs> uh, but uh God God gave him giving me grace to help change some of my eating habits. Like, like that was just the power of God. And it's, it's hard. Sometimes the sweet will be calling a brother, but. <laughs> But God has given me grace to either live a healthier life, Amen. to even exercise, right? Um, number three, um, who is Jesus asking you to share his grace with this week? And this is the last one. We can start practicing grace right now. Yeah. Ask your neighbor if they need prayer and see what God wants to do through you. He may have something for you to say to them, okay? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Pastor, I'm gonna hand it back over to you, and yeah, for further instructions. And me and my wife will be standing over there praying. And also, if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, we want to pray for you to receive Amen. that too. Yes.
2: Well, he's given us instructions here. Uh, thank you for the Word. It is in new season. Uh, the grace is what we all need. I think everybody in this room needs grace. It's something important to our life. So. He's giving us instructions here that we need to ask our neighbor these things. Have you received God's grace to save you? Have you turned from your sin and believed in the gospel? Uh, What area of your life do you need God's grace to give you power to overcome in sin? And who is Jesus asking you to share his grace with this week? So we're we're gonna break up here and what we're gonna do is go to our neighbor because that's what the preacher has asked us to do. And this is a little bit different service than we're normal with, but Greg, you're gonna go with Kevin uh, Rachel, you can jump over there with Rhea. And uh, uh, let's see here. Brandon, you come over here with Ernie. And just switch around here. So, Jason, you go back there with, with Pappy. And uh, Craig, you find one of them boys up here in the front. And uh, Ryan, you go over to Bill. Uh, just everybody find somebody. And and just ask them and work through these questions. And nobody overshadow anybody else. Just ask uh, these questions. you got some questions on the screen to ask and just read through them and pray with that individual and that's uh, God. So everybody just keep keep your level where you're at and everybody uh, love God, love people. If anybody wants special prayer, uh, the family up here will be glad to pray with you if you need special prayer. So there you go. Ask them these questions. Work through these questions. you got to ask them these questions. Ask them the questions. There we go. Craig, where are you going? You're going up here with Doc. There you go. Doc's got a
1: friend.
2: Ryan, can you go with the pipeball bill? Right here. Then it's drop a church. There you go.
1: Saying he been so for We for thank you, for We
0: for and head, God, no so increase and the God. you, Same thing.
2: There's a scripture that says that God's grace is sufficient for us. So whatever area you guys have been praying with your neighbor about, you've been talking with them about, you've asked these questions to your neighbor, the Bible says God's grace is sufficient. It's enough. His grace is enough to cover any sin. His grace is enough to call you to be a missionary to a college campus. Like this young couple over here, that's awesome, amen? Let's give them a hand for putting up with college kids. <laughs> you have to have grace to do that. I just walked over and told them, I said, man, just, just live in grace. Walk in grace with those college kids because they're hoodlums, man. You you families that's got kids, you know what they're like when they're 5 and 6 and 7 and 12 and 13 and 16 years old. Put them in college setting where they get to do what they want. You better have some grace to work with those people. So they need your prayers. Hoskins uh, uh, are just an awesome couple. We're so grateful they came to share with us today. And just uh, grateful for the, for the example they're leading. And one thing she said in an earlier service she didn't say here was, uh, the college campus they're, they're, they're at has 13,000 students in that college campus. And Lewis County has 13,000 people in the entire county. So it would be like all of Lewis County living on a four or five block section and all having to get along. Half a square mile block. block. And they're trying to reach them all there. And how many of those kids come from broken homes, come from homes of being molested, of all the troubles and the perplexions of society that they're able to minister to? And I'm so grateful that people are called to be missionaries right here in america because we need them too amen amen, amen. amen. so we pray a special blessing over if you would just stand your hand towards them and i want to pray over them that we would just ask god's favor and his grace to cover their life. let's pray father we we just rejoice in the joy of your salvation and god thank you for sending this man of god this woman of god to speak into our hearts today know we don't take it half-heartedly or uh, Lord, we just accept it just for as it was said. And God, we thank you for the grace that you've given us. But Lord, now we extend our hands and we pray that your grace would cover them. Lord, that their ministry would flourish. Lord, that their life would flourish. And Lord, as they come into contact with people that are different than others, God, that their grace would be there, that your grace would be sufficient to cover all those differences, God, all those Uh, things that society tries to separate us. God, that you would break down walls, that you would break down barriers, and God, that they would help reach those unreachable by society. That the church doesn't touch, God. You're sending people out as missionaries on our very own soil here in America, and we're grateful to you, God. We pray spiritual blessing over their life. We pray financial blessing over their life. We just ask that you just touch them in every area they need. Jesus' name, amen. They did say last night that they're trying to get out of debt. The only thing they owe for is her student debt. They're driving a car, they they have one vehicle, they're looking at maybe getting another vehicle, Uh, whenever they get back to the other place of school and ministry. But uh, pray for them. Pray that God will get them out of debt, that he'll supply the need. He said he knows how to supply our need according to his riches and glory, doesn't he? He can supply their need and get them out of debt so that they don't have to worry about all that. Amen. 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 We're grateful to Bethesda and all the missions offering you give, it always goes to help causes just like this. And we don't get to see it very often, but when we do, my eyes, my eyes are always wet because I know that God is reaching past us. Amen. Amen. And every dollar you hand in that offering for missionary or mission Sunday. Amen. And the work that Lathan and Mackenzie's doing with the missionaries and all the work It matters. It matters to God.